Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Thank you, Dick Warren, and welcome, my friends, to another edition of The Coaching Show, perhaps our finest one yet. We won't know until, we, uh, until we've heard it, but today, an extraordinary guest, and you have arrived on a perfect day and time. Uh, with me, as always, is Alex Terranova, professional certified coach. Alex, what's up? Are you going to tell people about your big O birthday? Um, I mean, we have a few months for that. We still got, you know... Tulum. I just bought a place. I just got reviewed for my first time as going for my MCC. There's oh, a lot wow. of things oh. happening. A lot of people. A lot of people don't make it the first time. Alex, you're fine. You're fine. You know, I was, I was, I got, I was close on the first one. I actually was pretty mind blown that I did so well. Congratulations. That's yeah. great. Yeah. One of our former guests, I'm doing her MCC program, um, Carly Anderson. And uh, I thought it was impossible to get, you know, score nines or tens in, in actual columns. And I actually scored some nines and tens. <laughs> and then I just, you know, there were some other ones that I didn't do so well, but um, it was really cool. I, I definitely underestimated how much I've grown as a coach in seven years. Congratulations. I'm really excited. For you. Thanks. Uh, now, before we get to our guest, I wanted to talk to you about, and, and feel free to jump right in, guest. Um, uh, but I wanted to talk to you about your idea for your big old birthday because it's such a good idea. It's such a good oh. idea. I want to steal it. Are you are you ready to yeah. to share? Yeah, with I yeah, I mean, someone's going to steal this, but that's fine. They probably won't be able to handle it. So, you and I were talking about birthdays, right? Like, what do we want to do for our, you know, your birthday is about to come up. We're, but both, we both don't want, you don't want to talk about yours clearly. Um, cause mine is a couple more months after yours, but my 40th birthday is coming up and I'm not really a big birthday party person. Um, but I told you one of my goals in my life is to be on comedy central being roasted. And I also don't believe that we should sit around and wait for things to just happen because I, I don't own Comedy Central. I'm not a producer at Comedy Central. I can't control that. So I decided uh, it was around my 38th or 39th birthday that for my 40th, I want to be roasted. I want to bring together people that know me and love me, hopefully. So, you know, we're That's not getting too, idea. too violent and uh, and let them roast me for an evening of drinking and That's food and whatnot. True. Such a great idea. I want to steal it. And my birthday's before yours. So I've been thinking about that. But then I thought maybe I could just do it a little bit after so that everybody knows your idea. But I want you to know. Do you want to have a joint, do you want to have a joint birthday? <laughs> we could do that. That would be hilarious. Uh, but but here's what I'm thinking. I've been, I want you to know that I've been practicing. I've been, I'm prepared to audition for a, for a roast of you. What do you got? Let's go. Well, it's a little, it's a little naughty. I'll tell, I'll tell you that. But uh you know, uh, I saw that you had fictional authenticity tattooed on you. And people think that's because it's the book, the title of the book you wrote, Fictional Authenticity. But really, it's just what's required for women who want to uh, make love with you. Just <laughs> see? Pretty good. It's a thinker. It's a thinker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. I got, I got uh, the Evan, the woman who I'm going to Tulum with the other night roasted me on the phone and it was good. She like knocked it out of the park. I didn't know that somebody so nice had that in them. You know, <laughs> I expect it from someone like you, but yeah, sure. 
she she brought it and i uh i think the thing i love about being roasted is if it's if you if it's smart it's always funny right if you're just like hey you're ugly it's not funny nobody cares right but if you think of something that's insulting but also really intelligent it's like how can you not laugh at yourself it's the best it's a brilliant idea all right uh anything else that you want to share with the class i asked reluctantly do you want to share with us why you don't want to talk about your birthday it's just, it's a zero birthday, but it's a zero birthday with the, where the first number is not one that I'm enjoying. So I just have to get used to the whole idea. And I kind of like your idea of doing it together, but, but it would be very different group. So maybe not. Um, all right. We'll, uh, We're going to we'll be, be at to- five birthday next, next year. So maybe we just do zero, zero, five thing. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, and there's no roasting you because you are a woman of power and grace, and there there can be- I can bite back. Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the the voice, um, Alex. Unless you want to take it, I'm no, delighted. Please, please. you got back to our microphones. The fabulous Magda Mook, the CEO of the International Coach Federation, been with the International Coach Federation since. Well, let's just say it's 16 years ago, as of October 3rd. And um, Mm -hmm. prior to that, held positions with the Council of State Governments, the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Economic Research Service. She holds a master's degree in economics, is also a trained coach and a frequent speaker on subjects of coaching and leadership. She also graduated from the Copenhagen Business School's Advanced Program in International Management and Consulting, joining us from what I assume is a palatial mansion in Lexington, Kentucky. (laughs) Magda Mook, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks, Christopher. Always, always lovely to join you. And yeah, it's it's a rainy day. And um, on a rainy days, I happen to have either the river front or lake front property, depending on the amount of rain. <laughs> uh, there is uh, there is a little um, creek going outside of my place. And as I said, it turns into a river occasionally. And even less so to a lake, but today we're just we're just having a creek so far. If if at any point you need a rescue, please let us know. We'll be right <laughs> Thank <there>. you. <laughs> Thank you. Now we have first of all, you're a delightful person, and I'd be happy to uh, hear your input on any topic. But we got a couple of important and I think very um, typically serious topics today. Hmm. One of the things that you know I'm always eager to ask you is what's new at the International Coach Federation? What are what have you got your attention on? What's What do we need to know? Hmm. Well, one would be to um, definitely um, mention and remind people that we did make a little change to our name from International Coach to International Coaching Federation. Uh, and in, in a way, it may seem like a slight um, adjustment. However, we really wanted to come back to the roots of our organization. Uh, ICF was created in 1995. And the reason for it was to give credibility to then budding profession of coaching. So, uh, so our vision and mission always had to do with coaching. And yet our name uh, focus on a coach, which perhaps um, I 
would say it was appropriate because without well-trained, well-prepared coaches, uh, that would not be a profession. Um, having said that, you know, uh, looking how coaching is taking hold in organizations, governments, uh, social progress organizations, um, it was only appropriate to look into a broader, with a broader lens of uh, coaching than a coach, hence the change of the name. And when we did that, of course, that meant that we needed to look into our entire ecosystem in a different way. Uh, so when you ask what's new and exciting, the new and exciting is that just uh, uh, a month ago, really, we um, uh, shared with our members a long um, process that came to fruition of uh, uh, launching our new values as an organization. Um, we had our values of excellence, collaboration, um, uh, and uh, professionalism. And, and now we decided to look again in a broader spectrum. And that brought us to professionalism, collaboration, humanity, and equity. Uh, that is addressing a larger um, uh, scope of uh, the activities of ICF, International Coaching Federation. And uh, I think it also is attractive to different stakeholders that we hope now to have as um, supporters and at the same time consumers of the products and services offered by ICF. I'm curious when, when I'm hearing this, I like all the things you're sharing, and I think they're important for coaches. And the thing that struck me, like as I was listening to you, was um, organizations like the International Coach Federa Coaching Federation and any any kind of associations for any professional industries. If for in, it, it, I don't have to. I'm not like right about this. It just like totally hit me that it feels like a um, there's a change in the times where like as a as a younger person or younger people we're not necessarily as drawn to wanting to be part of organizations. Like, I, and I don't know if that's true, right? It was just that, that feeling that I had. Cause I know that when I was training and it was first shared with me, you know, getting your credentials and these things, I kind of had the, like, why do I need that? Why do I want to be? And so I'm curious from, I, I would love either one of you can share, but for coaches that are listening to this that are newer coaches and want to understand either newer in profession or in age, um, like why what's in it for them to be associated right because anybody right now can be a coach which is we would probably all agree might be part of the problem why would we want to associate ourselves and tie ourselves to the international coaching federation mm -hmm. yeah you know there is i would address it in two ways one is the general association management um practice right now it is very true that younger populations uh relate to professional associations in a different way. Um, for, well, Christopher, you and I, I think we're in the same category, uh, rather than the youngster there, Alex, um, is that, at, at, you know, uh, I think it was just a thing to do. You became uh, trained, you became, you, you got your first job, you, you, you joined the professional association. That was the thing you did because that was something that your profession typically would support. Um, nowadays, it is it could be a little bit more transactional. 
so younger people may choose not to join an organization as a member, but to very aptly use these uh, products and services being offered by that organization. Um, and they may choose also to be a member if for some reason it is important in their profession or in their geography. And I think that this is what's uh, what's important for us as International Coaching Federation. We still are in remarkably um, amazing place of joining over thousand members a month, and many of them are uh, younger coaches or people um, new to the coaching profession, which sometimes does not correspond with the age uh, um, exactly in the same way. But when we ask, and we do uh, in surveys, why people join, they say for credibility. Alex, you said that just anybody can call themselves a coach, right? It's not um, it's not the uh, protected term. It's not the regulated profession. But when asked and how would you um, distinguish yourself from the rest of the field, if a person can say, I am a member of a professional association that requires coach training to be a member. To start with, I am a credentialed coach that requires an external evaluation of my uh, of my capabilities uh, as a coach. And, you know, my favorite, I am aligned and I am um, uh, bound by the code of ethics that also um, offers the opportunity for a client if they are unhappy with my uh, conduct to, to uh, perhaps have a conversation with my professional body about that. So, uh, so I think that this is still something that's uh, for a young profession, coaching is still a young profession. Uh, I think that that's really what's going for us. And, and we still have a, a phenomenal run uh, welcoming new, new members to the organization and very happy about that. Wanna, um presence people there i have so many things to talk to you about and one of the things magda that i'm uh it's not this question but one of the things i would love to talk to you about before we leave uh today is your management style because i i have a bunch of things that i admire about it and i'm very curious but before we go there i know that the the thing that you said both of the things that you said that are new are critically important to focusing the culture and the priorities of an organization. The first thing is the name, and I want to apologize because I still call it the International Coach Federation. And like non-binary uh, pronouns, I will practice and I will learn and get back <laughs> with the International Coaching Federation. Um, but this change in the core values, right? So, so the vision and mission are still as they were, correct? The vision is coaching is an integral part of a thriving society and every ICF member represents the highest quality of professional coaching. Yeah. The mission statement, ICF exists to lead the global advancement of the coaching profession and empower the world through coaching. Big job. Mm -hmm. And then core values now, newly defined, professionalism, collaboration, humanity, and equity. I think we're remiss if we don't focus on the final one, equity. Coaching, as you and I know, I started going to coaching events in, a, in another decade, as they say, actually in the late 90s, mid to late 90s. And the room did not look like the world outside. And as recently as our most recent ICF Converge, huge strides were made, 
but still it's not exactly a representation of the world outside. What do you see as the goal? Is there an articulated goal or intention of bringing equity as a core value? Yeah, you know, um, it, it is. First, I will make a little comment about the fact why we even went into um, changing our core values. Um, our previous set of core values served us very, very well for about 10 years, maybe a little bit longer than that. And then it was just this question of what do we what do we mean by um, uh, revisiting or even, you know, questioning um, that came from the review of a code of ethics. First, we review our code of ethics every three years uh, and uh, we always strive to be relevant to the marketplace, to the members that are uh, that are uh, uh, wanting to be a part of the ICF, and also being really relevant to our clients. And this is where this conversation about the uh, core values came about. Um, equity, we define it as a commitment to use a coaching mindset to explore coaching mindset, by the way, being a new competency. Uh, so commitment to use a coaching mindset to explore and understand the needs of others so I can practice equitable processes at all times that create equity for all. That, um, you know, when you look into the entire ICF ecosystem, if you wanted just to look at the numbers, we are remarkably a diverse organization. We have members in over 146 countries. Uh, we have representation of minorities just about every possible way you define them. And yet you're very right that there is this question about is coaching, um, some, some statements that I hear, is coaching an elite profession? Is coaching reserved just for the elite, right? Uh, shortly before our conversation today, I was on a call with my colleague and friend in India. And she was telling me how the Indian marketplace is changing from the perspective of a client, because I think this is a really big question. Is coaching looking the way it does because of who the client is? Um, there are several phenomenal initiatives within ICF or I would say large ICF system through Ignite initiative uh, offered by the foundation and some chapters uh, found, uh, uh, initiatives that really look into who are we inviting as members of this profession because we know through research and actually research done by somebody else that certain populations would not uh, accept or invite a coach who, who is not one of them, if you will. So what do we do? What do we do to bring the awareness of coaching to those populations? What do we do to support individuals who would like to pursue a, uh, a thriving career of a professional coach uh, and bring it back? And, and we have some really great um, examples. The one that I experienced firsthand, that's why I'm talking about it is uh, in New Zealand, um, there, as, as many of our listeners, I think are aware, uh, there was a, a, a 
period of time where the Maori they, um, uh, population in New Zealand was not necessarily welcome as not only the owners of the land, but right, yeah. um, as the stewards of the land. And uh, and then, of course, the whole situation changed with the uh, with the um, treaty to, to recognize Maori population in New Zealand. So we had the situation where uh, it was recognized by the development agency that uh, Maori women were uh, not allowed to work really before, and then they quite did not know how to how to change that economic circumstance so luckily for us we had a um uh, icf coach a mori woman or woman of mori descent who said okay let's create a training program for mori women so they in turn can go and help their peers and colleagues and and you know aunties and sisters um to to start their own um business um, uh, some kind of a, a business activity, phenomenally successful, um, and it you know it, it it takes that recognition that there is a need uh, that that has to be um, very sensitive to culture, very sensitive to uh, tradition, and you know at the end comes down to this equity. What can we do? as a profession to welcome absolutely every person who wants to become a coach and at the same time to serve every population, every person, every organization and system that wants to be served by coaching. I wanted wanted to ask you something that you almost answered, but I, I still see it from the perspective like here in America, maybe even just in California, but it, do you like I would relate to it? And do you feel like coaching is an elite profession? No, I do not. And I think that we owe it uh, to some extent to to two forces. They uh, I, I would say they are parallel. One is that, and, and that was first, that, that's why that uh, observed, if you will, in the marketplace first, so I'll start with it. And it was organizations, corporations embracing coaching first, granted, just to be offered to C-suite and top level. And then, again, our own research with Human Capital Institute pointed to organizations that build strong coaching cultures. And that comes in two ways. One is, one one indicator of a strong coaching culture is that that coaching is available and accessible to anybody in the organization. So either you, you are a entry level, you know, person or a high potential or or C-suite, you do have access to coaching. That already democratizes coaching. But what it also means is that you have different levels of coaching service and price point being offered. Uh, like any other business for that matter and any other profession, right? If you are a fresh out of school lawyer, you probably are not making as much as your colleague who's been successfully practicing for 20 years. So so here we go. You know, we have we have client matching the uh, client uh, demand uh, matching the supply of a coach. And the other parallel to it was that uh, and this is more recent phenomenon is that social progress organizations started using coaching in a big way. And that means that 
uh, coaching is offered often at the pro bono uh, uh, level to people, populations who are in some kind of distress. Um, so, so they can use coaching to better themselves and better their communities. Um, there are enough coaches, you know, ICF is right now a proud home to about 45,000. Uh, and we predict that, you know, the population of Coaches is probably twice as big, but um, uh, uh, coaching is available uh, to people uh, who really can benefit from that service in a in a significant way. And, and I would just you know this is this is just a mention, but we also noticed that the fastest growing element of coaching um, a continuum is uh, leaders and managers using coaching skills. So it's not coaching per se, and we have to be careful not to not to collapse the two. But that coaching approach or coach way of management is becoming a, a real thing. And therefore, I think tickling people's curiosity about professional coaching for both using it in a professional way and perhaps becoming a coach um, I wanna... from a personal career perspective. I have one one kind of follow up to it. Do you think there's a difference between the the coaches that the ICF is attracting and then the you said right there's about 45 I think you said 45,000. I might have said that that number wrong, but about 45,000, right? Coaches in the ICF. Mm-hmm. And then you said that you, you the guess is that there might be double that outside, right? The same amount but outside. Do you think there's a difference in the mindsets of the the types of people that come to the ICF and are coaching versus the people that are, you know, doing it however they're doing it? Oh, I wish I knew. <laughs> uh, however, however, I say that there is a very significant number of individuals, professional coaches who hold ICF credential and not necessarily being members of ICF. We do not uh, require that uh, duality, if you will. Um, And as we talked earlier about the relational um, uh, activity of especially younger people to professional associations, I dare say that there there are many of those holding ICF credentials and not being members who are just that. They, they subscribe to quality, they subscribe to global standards, and they don't have a need for professional membership. Uh, there are also some geographies where uh, uh, participation in as- associations are not even known for that matter. So belonging to a professional body it does not mean much at all. Uh, I would say that, you know, I hope that those who, well, I know that those who are members of ICF and those who hold a uh, current ICF credential uh, are the individuals who truly are uh, professionals, that they are paying attention to their uh, education, to, to their proficiency in applying the skills, because they realize uh, that their impact and the impact of their work with the client is significant, and they are not taking it lightly. 
Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. You're just a wealth of not only information but perspective. Um, I'm so grateful for that. I want to give us a moment to have a sip of water out of my, uh, by the way, out of my, this is how old I am, Hillary for president, um, <laughs> made, of, made of shattered glass ceilings. Speaking of which, you run a large and increasingly growing organization. Hmm. And one of the things I've noticed as an observer is that you have a management style that I liken to my own and that I appreciate, which is that Unlike some organizations, you don't say, you don't telegraph, hey, we're working on new core values. We're coming, new core values are coming. Core values are on their way, right? And then by the time we're all sick of hearing it, we finally get the core values or worse, we never hear about it again. It's much more, uh, my experience as a, as a consumer is much more like we don't hear necessarily what you're up to, but then it's here, we've looked and we've done this work. Um, do you get flack for that sort of um, unveiling approach to to management? Uh, do people feel in some ways left out of the process or that you're somehow not transparent? Or do you do you feel like this is the best way when you're dealing with a, I'm guessing, largely volunteer workforce or, or body? Well, actually, we, we do include a lot of people into everything that's happening and that's unveiled at the end. Um, so for example, the, the, the most recent value work, yes, it came first from the uh, code review, but then the survey was sent to absolutely every member of ICM, right? So it was not that some people say board of directors and the CEO said, okay, we like those four, let's go with it. It was, it was well uh, grounded in what our members and very diverse, as we said again, uh, members told us. While we don't talk a lot about uh, where we are is that when the job is not done, it's not done. 
And uh, it happened before that when you present something to an entire universe of the organization and it's not really well researched or, 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 or finalized, then you, and, and we do that with, you know, uh, with, with the sur surveys and everything, but then it, it's not, it's not um, necessarily an invitation to say you're wrong and we might be, uh, but rather is an invitation for the input. So, um, and, and then, you know, um, most times than not, we invite the subject matter experts when that's appropriate or the entire membership, such as values. You know, to, to us, it was absolutely crucial that we share that survey with absolutely every member of the organization. So they have a say. And, you know, like you held your glass with Hillary for president. If you don't vote, guess what? That was a beautiful way of handling that too, because I sort of put you on the spot unwittingly with that glass. Thanks. Um, do you mind if I follow up also, Alex? Um, do you need, uh, do, you, do you want my permission? I really do. <laughs> I want somebody to tell me I'm doing okay. Um, let's, uh, let's not talk about my needs. So, the ICF has taken on so much under your leadership, right? I was privileged to know the previous executive director who was, let's say, less ambitious or more comfortable in the in the size and style that, that was existing. And you have seemed to me from afar to be a visionary since you arrived, you know, always looking at what's possible, always looking at what's the next. Some might say that with everything from Ignite and the foundation and the um, you know, constantly shifting global board of directors, but also the, some of the new initiatives like the Thought Institute of Thought Leadership, that the ICF is either spread too thin or thinly, or that certainly one person can't manage all of these initiatives. Do you have a management um, philosophy or approach that enables you to do all of these? And, and are you sure that that the ICF can can support all of these initiatives? I guess that's two very different questions. Sorry about that. Um, let's start with the with how to how to manage that. So so um, I think my first statement will be that uh, I believe that the association, any association, any not-for-profit organization, uh, is only as good as it's relevant to its stakeholders and has to be attuned to how the marketplace changes. As you mentioned earlier in our conversation, our vision and mission did not change for quite a long time. Uh, and yet to be able to see coaching becoming integral part of a thriving society means different things in different times. Um, there was a work of, well, multiple um, economists, I'm an economist, okay, you know that, um, uh, and, and futurists that say that organizations that are happy in where they are typically disappear in about 15 years of their existence. Well, we've been around 26 years, good going, uh, and we want to be around for many, many more years. So uh, you mentioned Thought Leadership uh, Institute, uh, the, the, the other new um, offering by ICF is the coaching in organizations. That's precisely the response to where marketplace is going. By our own definitions, we didn't have space for 
organizations building coaching cultures. We did not have space for uh, managers, leaders, human resource professionals that are using coaching skills rather than being professional coaches. That's what's shaping the marketplace right now. So it would be, uh, and it was a conscious decision to step there. Uh, it was not necessarily, you know, fear of being left behind. It was like, if we are serious about professional coaching and what it can do uh, in the world, then are we willing and able uh, to play in a little bit different areas of the ever-expanding coaching continuum or coaching marketplace? And the answer was yes. With thought leadership, you know, yeah, that was, that was my pet peeve, I have to say, because ICF is known for its research. We've been doing phenomenal research with PricewaterhouseCoopers, uh, with Human Capital Institute, with Association for Change Management, you name it. And yet we were more of an observer and reporter and not necessarily a voice in and where, where are we going with that? What do you think about it? So it, it was my uh, intention that ICF becomes more of a thought leader in that space. Um, we are doing great research right now on application of um, artificial intelligence in coaching. You know, we just released the competencies for team coaching and novelty in the marketplace. So I, I, I always wanted ICF, and of course, by I, I mean it's a, it's a, it's a. <laughs> Pluris Maestatis, uh, because the board of directors, of course, is the governing body of the organization, but it is to be a voice for the profession, of the profession, but also for the profession. As we said, we, we, we came a long way from uh, explaining ourselves. So now that we arrived, uh, let, let's have a voice. Let's have a voice uh, on, on how leadership uh, development is happening. Let's have a voice of how um, um, leaders are supported um, in organizational setting. Let's have a voice in like how well-being uh, and wellness is being put to the forefront uh, of where the, the future is. And again, my, my passion is uh, let's, let's make sure that coaching is supporting societal progress as well. So long, long preamble to finally get to your question. Uh, the, the answer to management is that nobody can do it all. And I have a phenomenal team uh, of uh, people that lead individual family organizations and people that lead the uh, shared functions of research, marketing, or, or um, you know, event strategy or education. And we operate as a, as a team. Uh, I, I would I would sell, I am trained coach and yet I would uh, self-identify as leader um, using coaching skills. I am very inclusive leader and yet it's never lost on me that it is after all my managerial responsibility to make decisions where the decisions need to be made. Uh, it is a very interesting dance uh, and a partnership, phenomenal partnership uh, with the board of directors. 
people who are so passionate about coaching profession, most, most of them, not all of them, most of them professional coaches, others individuals who are very invested in seeing coaching being um, utilized to the, well, highest potential that we would like to see. Uh, too thin, you know, thin spread, uh, it's, it's, it is always a question of resources. So prioritization is king. Um, we always say, you know, boiling the ocean is a phenomenal idea. It never worked before. So maybe we should not try to do it. And second is that we're capable of doing everything, but we should. We should. Uh, so talking about impacts, talking about key indicators of a success for the uh, organization and the profession are, uh, of course, in, in, in support of our mission and vision is what drives us. Sorry, Alex, just one more follow-up. The, um, the, the takeaway is a little bit fuzzy for me, and I'm envisioning that, like myself, there are other entrepreneurs and people who lead organizations listening who would love to take a page from your book. So do you find, for example, a, um, a wonderful, you know, vice president, director, a lieutenant, somebody who sees a vision for an area, and then you hand that vision to them and sort of say, this is your area, go and soar, Eagle? Or do you um, keep it sort of under your, sorry about all the bird references, wing, uh, and sort of like, okay, and tell me every week how it's going or every five hours or every 27 minutes or something. Um, so, okay, let's stay with bird um, metaphors. I'm, I'm mother hen a little bit, uh, except all my chickens are perfectly capable of running their own stuff. Uh, that's that's why we hired them, right? So I would say it's like we do share the vision. We spend as much time as possible on making sure that we share that vision. And then I'm available whenever there is a doubt. And I also, I, I, I pay attention. So we, we have a system of, you know, reports and stuff like that. I meet with my staff, you know, as a, as a, as a um, structure, my, each of my vice presidents for the um, monthly um, conversations. And, and yet, as a group, we meet every week just to see if there is something that needs to be discussed. Uh, it, it's a very fluid marketplace. We know that we're living in a interesting times. Uh, sometimes from day one to day two, uh, we have a change. So for that, I am available. Uh, I am also um, known for pinging them, saying like, hey, you just said something like this and I I don't I don't understand. Can we can we have a conversation? Um, I think my my direct reports will never uh, put me as micromanager. I never like to be micromanaged myself. So I think that's the that's a learning by doing. But yeah, you know, good team, the team that shares, and I use the term team on purpose rather than the group, the team that really shares that strategic vision and understands that all of them, each, every single one of them and their teams 
uh, contribute. And without them, the success of the entire organization would not be possible. I want to have a follow-up to Christopher's because when, whenever people come here and share uh, their insights on their style without everyone being able to work with either one of you or learn from you, are there any resources like books that you think are great for leadership or management style or, you know, it doesn't have to be a book, but anything that you can give us that a listener could go, oh, I want to, I can learn from this. Have a coach. How about that? Seriously, uh, I am a trained coach, but yes, I, I do have a coach. Um, I'm a coach junkie, by the way, because I love um, working with different coaches, um, learning different styles. Um, sometimes, you know, uh, I, I would seek somebody who's maybe a little bit more uh, a mentor. Sometimes it's maybe I need more of a consulting and sometimes I need the beautiful pure wonderful coaching and having access to 45,000 of them uh it's not necessarily a difficult uh, way it to seem, do it seems like a lot of pressure you know you get a call from the ceo of the icf and she's interested in you coaching <laughs> so far nobody fainted so i don't know i'm i'm go i'm like Am I am I coaching or am I just worried about am I doing it right the whole time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're you're a little bit on yeah <laughs> um, on trial, the, but no, the, but seriously, very very seriously, that's that's one. Uh, working with professional coach, I would I would always recommend it to any leader in any position, uh, and then you know whenever you see something that is um, maybe uh, missing in your entire uh, system, maybe maybe something, uh, for example, I give you a personal example we had we had some issues internally a couple of years ago so i did take a, a training from cornell university on conflict management i just wanted to not only innately be able to do certain things but to know what are the steps how to recognize signals of some uh, uh, trouble <laughs> uh, and at the same time you know either you 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 acquire this um uh, skill yourself, or you you invite a professional uh, to help with with that. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. That I love hearing that you know people still take courses on things like regardless of what level they're at. That the learning never actually stops. Holy the question. The other question I have is for people for all the people listening all the coaches what are the best ways to get involved with the ICF and like opportunities that people might not even know about so it's a two 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 questions but one you know how do people get involved and what ways to get involved and what are the opportunities for people out there with the ICF Yeah, yeah, it can be answered so many different ways. Uh, one, what I would mention is, oh, of course, Coach Federation, coachingfederation.org. Go and check what we're all about. Um, and then ICF is also proud of having a very robust uh, network of chapters. Uh, as I said, we are present in 146 countries. We have 140 chapters all over the world. Chapters for many are, uh, even now in a, you know, still pandemic times, are home 
for many chapters. It is a, uh, for many um, members. It is the way to connect with your peers. It is the way to learn what's going on in your uh, marketplace uh, and also learn more about ICF as an organization. Um, the other way to get involved is uh, the um, access to the communities of practice. We have 12 communities of practice uh, that are uh, uh, organized around the interest. So say you're a supervisor, say you're an executive coach or wellness coach, you can, again, find that or, or you're uh, interested in ethics. You can find the way to, to talk to people who are obsessed about exactly the same thing as you are. Uh, and then, of course, we mentioned ICF is now the structure of six family organizations. Each and every one of them uh, has a board of directors that one can serve, of course, in a leadership uh, position. And also, all of them are engaging in some kind of projects uh, and processes that require subject matter experts um, and interested individuals to, to serve in the capacity of offering input. And one last one I mentioned is, well, woo, two more. Haha. So one is the foundation, of course, and the Ignite project that originally was offered only to chapters. Now it's open to individuals. So if one can think of, of a very, uh, you know, worthy um, societal progress project that they want to engage on, the, um, the foundation will be happy to offer a lot of tools and uh, kind of roadmap of how to do that. And uh, we are big on research. So we also have the uh, a cadre of right now, I think more than 4,000 people who are happy to be pinged on any research item. So one can sign up to be a member of the research panel. It's very... Uh, um, it, it's very low pressure. So if the if the interest comes um, or uh, inquiry comes saying, hey, we're, somebody is doing research on X, would you like to be a part of it? It is as easy to say yes or no, uh, depending on your interest. But that that's that's a that's a that's a micro volunteering type of engagement that many people totally love because they can voice their opinion and then uh, in uh, as a as a return to them, if you will, they are informed about the outcomes of the research going on. And therefore. All of us, I'm just, I'm furiously writing notes about all the things I want to be involved in. And I, I, I should say that I was privileged to work um, for about 11 years with the uh, Code of Ethics and enforcing, adjudicating, and creating Code of Ethics. And I think as a coach educator and as a coach myself, that our, the ethical work that you've done and that the, the International Coaching, see, I'm getting better, Foundation has done is um, just exemplary. Having said that, there's a big event coming up. We're speaking in October of 2021, and the ICF Converge International Conference is actually happening this year. What would you like us to know about this event? It's October 26 through 28. Yeah, uh, it's it, we're so excited about it. Um, so we were saddened to have to succumb to the to the decision that it needs to be virtual. 
Um, and partly because of the deep, deep, deep respect of our membership around the globe that for some people travel is simply not possible. We were, uh, you know, um, locked to certain location. There are requirements, local requirements that would truly um, exclude a lot of people from coming. So yes, uh, three-day phenomenal event. Uh, we have close, almost, or maybe by today could be more than 2,000 people from 54 different countries signed up uh, for it. Um, a lot of the uh, programming is available uh, on demand, but then there will be some live sessions, uh, some keynote um, uh, addresses, and then the uh, live Q&A sessions. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. We have, uh, I think, 72 possible CCUs that can be acquired during the, the event. And um, it's a celebration, you know. And I think especially in a year like this year, I know there is not a shortage of online uh, uh, educational offerings. This one was really very carefully curated. Uh, to pink interest of people at different levels of their coaching journey. Uh, some, so from, you know, business um, experiences to future of coaching, uh, to social progress, you name it. Um, these tracks are, are very well curated. And, and I think that, uh, and we also, we also thought of, well, uh, in a spirit of virtual events, we try to get some um, opportunities for networking that normally would happen at the face-to-face -face event. So there are coffee breaks, there are some opportunities to come to parties, you know, um, celebrate people being uh, uh, receiving awards and things like that. So we try to, to merge as well as we possibly can the um, excitement and the and the the, um, energy of a face-to-face -face event with this virtual offering. Well, it's very exciting and people can still register, including myself, very late in the game for <laughs> October 26th. 27th and 28th. Please do register before uh, October 22nd. Uh, we will be uh, shutting down the, the registration in order to move into full-blown production mode at that point. Are you waiting? Christopher, are you waiting for me? <laughs> I, I am. That was my, did you see my little um, head nod? That was my indication. Like, you um, know what to do. Yeah, I know what to do. Um, we want to just offer you time. You know, we ask you questions. We want to give you a moment to just share uh, anything that you want, anything you want to share about that you feel would be relevant to all the coaches listening to this. Uh, but really give you the space to, I, I like to think of it, your soapbox moment, you know? We don't have those anymore. We should have them still. You know, you in the middle of Times Square on a soapbox telling everyone what to do. <laughs> hey, I'm a coach. I'm not telling people what to do. <laughs> That's why we're giving you this opportunity now. The freedom. Thank you. Um, you know, I think the time is now for coaching. Uh, I think that the, yes, we lived in a VUCA time before, yes. Uh, pandemic, in my opinion, accelerated the pace of change 
pushed us to do things that we did not think were possible or we did not think were possible at the speed that they had to happen. But I also think that it truly brought about a huge awareness of the need of coaching. So we we see it, you know, anecdotally and otherwise of organizations paying attention to how to support their leaders and their uh, employees. We see it in uh, first responders. We, we see it just about anywhere that coaching was so well received as means of helping a human being. Right. So uh, I am systemically trained coach, so I can I can't help myself, but to say there is a systemic wisdom to it, uh, that I, I do believe that right now coaching is being accepted and embraced at the more systemic level. For that reason, I think each and every coach has a responsibility to be the professional that we ask them to be to offer their services in accordance with our code of ethics and to, um, you know, we have this tagline empowering the world through coaching. Yeah, that's the time. The time is now. And I hope and ask and invite each and every member of ICF, credential coach, professional coach to to be aware, to be aware that that's something that we're delivering right now. So beautiful. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your vision. And thank you for the hard work of, uh, I often think of any organization of coaches as, uh, what's that old phrase, herding cats. So thank <laughs> you for dealing with all of the cultures, all of the personalities, all of the resistance to change and uh, all of the better ideas that I know always happen when a group of coaches get together. Um, you're an extraordinary person on an extraordinary journey. And I thank you for spending this time with us today. Thank you so much again. I always love to be with you, gentlemen. It's a privilege. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. That's Magdalena Mook in charge of the CEO of the International Coaching Federation. And I'm grateful for your time. Uh, Alex, anything that you want the people to know before we say goodbye? That you have a big birthday coming up. And if they didn't know that, they should, we should all be celebrating. <laughs> Accepting gifts. Uh, that yeah, would be the what's your, Ven, what's your Venmo so people can send you gifts over Venmo and PayPal? You know, you're, you're an influencer now. I have to get that Venmo. I've heard it's very popular. Uh, Alex Terranova is available at uh, thedreammason.com. Of course, um, uh, right here on Accomplishment Media, you can get a hold of him anytime. And I am Christopher McCulloch, Master Certified Coach. As always, delighted and honored to bring you people out on the cutting edge of coaching, people you need to know about, and just plain interesting folks each and every week right here on Accomplishment Media or wherever you get your podcasts. That's another edition of The Coaching Show. I thank you, dear listener, for being with us, and we'll talk to you next week. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week. <laughs>